0: It's your daily dose of all things Gamecocks on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Here's J.C. Sherbert. The big ugly is the offensive line. South Carolina uh, offensive line coach Eric Wolford, you know, a a couple, when he got back to South Carolina a few years ago, I think that there was an emphasis on athleticism, and I talk about that a lot, and while I don't think that the Gamecocks offensive line had its best year last year, uh, I think that... You know, they kind of had to play some younger and inexperienced players at some spots. Um, I don't know that they pass block particularly well or as well as they did in 2018. Um, you can still see that this group has a lot of good young guys. Um, keep in mind, Dylan Wanham, who was probably their best offensive lineman, was uh, out for a hunk of the season. And, uh, you know, you had to play a guy like Jalen Nichols who went in there and battled um, but probably wasn't ready to go the distance. You know, Ja'Kai Moore got some some snaps there at the end. Um, Sedaris Hutcherson uh, filled in pretty well at left tackle, but I think he's fundamentally a guard, especially when you look at the NFL and probably this season. Uh, But what you saw was still, these guys are good athletes. And I think, you know, when you're not in – a offensive line rich part of the country and when you have to block some of the best defensive linemen in the country <laughs> on a weekly basis you know fight fire with fire you know if you're going to go down go down with athleticism uh for what I always say and I think that when you look at Wolford's body of work uh especially the second time around with multiple classes that's sort of what he preaches and the Gamecocks got another good group uh heading into Columbia um, all four of them are enrolled. Uh, I don't know if any of them will play. I think one will probably play. Uh, but these guys uh, all uh, are good athletes. You know, you, you talk about a guy like Vershawn Lee, who we'll start with from Woodbridge, Virginia, Freedom High School, uh, picked the Gamecocks over Pitt, you know, six three and a half, 300, plays basketball at that size, uh, could be a tackle, could be a guard, uh, extremely athletic. You know, probably a guy that was overlooked a little bit uh, in the process out of the state of Virginia. Woodbridge is in northern Virginia. We all remember Deshaun Hand, who was uh, one of the top – he was ranked number one in the country at the time. You know, visited Carolina back uh, during the Spurrier era. Uh, Got to know him very well. Uh, And uh, that's Woodbridge. That's northern Virginia. You know, so second straight year, when you look at Ja'Kai Moore this past year that Wolford's gone to Nova – they call it Nova. I know some people from up there, uh, and got a player, um, and he was when they saw him play, saw his athleticism. He was an absolute, you know, no brainer. So, Vershawn Lee uh, is a guy uh, to really keep an eye on. The number seven hundred and seventeen overall prospect in the country, uh, but you know, top one thousand developmental position. Like I said, the athleticism certainly there. Um, The next guy, there's two in-state guys I'm going to touch on. It was a guy from Calhoun County, home of Alshon Jeffrey, and I think Shamir Jeffrey, uh, Alshon's brother, who also played at Carolina, was the last guy that has come from Calhoun. I may be missing somebody uh, in terms of the Gamecocks. But Tyshawn Wanamaker, boy, you look at him, he's huge. Uh, 6'3", 347. You just don't draw him up any better than that. Gamecocks got him committed way, way early. Uh, Visited Tennessee a couple of times. Uh, They tried to flip him, Uh, but uh, he ended up sticking with the Gamecocks. He's a big mauler. I think he's somewhat raw. Uh, I think he's going to have to be developed just like a lot of these guys do. But I think in time, you know, Tyshawn Wanamaker could be one of those big athletic guys that you see uh, out there on Saturdays, kicking butt and taking names, and maybe on a Sunday as well. I, I understand what his rating went from a four to a three-star. Uh, I, I think when you watch his film, there's a lot to work on. But, but I think the tools are there. Um, and I think the fact that he enrolled early, you know, he's just going to get started on that right away. Um, and, and I still have a lot of confidence uh, in his upside. Uh, another guy that was from in-state the in state and that ended up moving up in the rankings uh, to, I think he was ni- a 92 by 24-7 sports. Composite didn't, wasn't as high on him, but I don't know that Composite really, you know, <laughs> anybody was really looking at him. Uh, he was a, a commitment off of a camp performance. Um, I saw his film the same day I saw defensive back O'Donnell Fortunes. It was last January, and I was just watching guys And uh, I thought his high school film coming out of Abbeville, just technique-wise, was one of the best I'd seen. Flat back, very flexible, extremely athletic, long arms. Uh, You just didn't know quite how big he was or how big he could get. Listed at 6'2", 276. Going to have to put some weight on him. Um, Some people have talked about Ronald Patrick comparisons. Uh, Some people have talked about A.J. Kan comparisons. Uh, I think either one. Would be really good. Both those guys went to the NFL and had long careers and made many starts at South Carolina. Um, Really smart guy, good kid too. Miami tried to come in on him uh, and get him to take a visit, but uh, no dice for Manny Diaz and the Hurricanes with Trey Jones. He was a Gamecock. And from up there in Abbeville, South Carolina, and that's certainly a great program uh, at Abbeville over the years. They've been just tremendous in the sport of football. Um, so, you know, those two guys from the state, you know, Lee is projected, the kid from Virginia is projected as a guard, Wanamaker guard, Jones a center. Um, he's reigned, rated actually the number 15 center in the country by a 24-7 sports composite. Um, you know, I don't know that Lee won't end up uh, a tackle The other two I think are safe bets uh, to slide inside. Uh, and I think athleticism with Jones and then girth and athleticism with Wanamaker, you know, that's the upside. That's the runway. Now, not all these guys I'm talking about are going to turn out. Um, that's just the facts. Uh, any any player I talk about today, I'm going to give you, like, the, you know, the story as to, like, why the Gamecocks took him and why they're a worthy prospect. Um, and I may make some predictions, but uh, – Keep in mind, it's a developmental sport, especially at this position. And, you know, if you sign four and three of them pan out, that's good. Two of them pan out, that's probably a good day as well on the offensive line. A coach told me that one time. There's just too many variables uh, on the O-line to kind of predict it. And, and I think if you look at the NFL draft, it kind of plays out that way. There's certainly guys that were five-star guys uh, out of high school that end up going to college and getting drafted high on the offensive line. And then there's a lot of guys that come out of nowhere that end up being drafted on the offensive line. It's just kind of one of those, you know, things you patch together. Mike McGlinchey, uh, who I think started in the Super Bowl 49ers, uh, out of Notre Dame, you know, he was a Philly kid that we saw at an All-Star game, oh, gosh, I guess it was was class of 2013 because it was uh, the 2012 season. Because I remember I was in Los Angeles watching this, All-Star game when Clowney's hit happened at the Outback Bowl. I was actually listening to that on ESPN radio, Uh, one of the best plays in the history of Carolina football. And I'm out there covering an All-Star game, catching it on the dial. Uh, Of course, I went back and watched it. But uh, McClinchy, I think, you know, out of Philly, you know, a kid that we put, I think, in the end of the top 247, uh, and he's in the NFL now. And, and, and the thing was about him, you know, can he gain the weight? Uh, and that's a variable with the offensive line, gaining or losing weight. Like in the in the case of Wanamaker, he's probably going to have to trim down to around 330. Uh, and you just don't know. You can never predict that. You're trying to kind of predict mother nature, and we know that's sort of unpredictable. Um, so this next guy is a bigger guy, and he is a tackle definitely. And Juco from Hutchinson Community College. He's out of the state of Georgia originally, Jaston in turning time. Just a big, big guy, six, six, 337 is What he's listed as. Um, like I said, out of the state of Georgia, they were tracking him. They trashed him to track him to Hutchinson, Hutch. They call it. Uh, and really, it was a no brainer. Uh, once he visited South Carolina, he was sold. Um, he's interesting because I think he's going to get thrown in the mix this spring at tackle. He's already enrolled. Uh, and, and I think that if one out of the three of him, Ja'Kai Moore or Jalen Nichols, can nail down that left tackle spot, then um, that will give them the luxury to slide Sidarius Hutcherson back inside, which I think, you know, would be good. Uh, you know, they're going to have to find a center, uh, whether that's Hank Manos or Vinnie Murphy or uh, Eric Douglas or whoever. You know, they'll find a center. I like Jovan Gwynn at the other guard. Dylan Wanham, of course, at right tackle. Maybe you flip him to left, but I I think he's a natural right tackle. Um, you got to have somebody to play left tackle. And I think Turnantin is probably, you know, a guy that they would like to see win that job. Uh, And that's assuming, you know, Moore's not ready to take it or uh, Nichols isn't ready to take it. So, Three guys, left tackle, watch them. And I think, you know, the, the the odd man out there obviously will go back up, want them at right. Uh, and, and I think just looking at it, probably Nichols is more of a left tackle, in my opinion, and Ja'Kai Moore is probably more of a right. But I may have those mixed up. I just in the limited sample size I've seen. Uh, and then depending, And that also depends on your offense and what you want. Uh, there's a new offensive system, so the left and right thing uh, can, can be, a, you know, the, the logic says left is quarterback's blind side, so you want to protect it, um, and rightfully so. I mean, I, I think that's pretty much standard, but, you know, sometimes you look for different things if you have a different system and, and all that good stuff. So, you turn it probably a player out of all four of these, and they're all four in, they're all four competing the, you know, my eyes are sort of on him because I think that 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 left tackle spot with Hutcherson coming back is probably up for grabs because I think they probably would like to slide him back in, um, and, and I think that would be big because I think na you know Cedarius Hutcherson's a solid left tackle, but he's an elite left guard, elite, uh, and I think they missed that and they're going to want to run. They're going to have to run the football this year. We say that every year, um, but they're going to have to run the football, and I think, you know, solidifying the interior uh, is a key for that. And so hopefully, uh, if you're looking at it from a Gamecocks perspective, and Turnantyne can come in. He's the number six offensive lineman in the JUCO ranks per 24-7 sports composite rankings, uh, 48th overall JUCO prospect in the country. Um, you know, like I said, big, big dude. Uh, they hope that maybe he goes the path of Dennis Daly, who came in, didn't start his first two games, started the last ten of his junior year, and then every snap his senior year. And we've talked about him on the show, me and Tony, about the Carolina Panthers and how maybe the Panthers wish they'd have you know started him over Greg Little uh, because they were better when he was in there this year as as a rookie uh, up in Charlotte. I don't know, you know, that's just kind of a. You know, something the Panthers fans can talk about amongst themselves. I'm not a Panthers fan, so we'll see about that. But overall, once again, you know, you look at this class and the athleticism that's being brought in, and it, it just continues the the trend with Wolford. I mean, look at last year. Ja'Kai Moore, Vincent Murphy, Mark Fox, Jalen Nichols, William Rogers, all big athletic guys. And you look at it, and, you know, heck, I think uh, – you could see two of those guys in the starting lineup this year, um, probably one. And then in 2021, you know, you can see a bunch of these guys starting. You know, I'm intrigued by Mark Fox still. You know, he redshirted. He invented Murphy, two kids out of South Florida. South Florida's not traditionally a place you go for offensive linemen, but with the premium on athleticism, they're going and cherry-picking. I mean, South Florida and Northern Virginia have both been very good to Eric Wolford, Uh, on the offensive line the last couple of years. Um, And we'll see. We'll we'll see kind of what happens. I I, I still think, despite uh, what I would consider a bump in the road for this position last season, and and there were all kinds of issues on offense. And and you have to think, too, the bottom line is when the run game was working, uh, and that was mostly earlier in the season, um, the offensive line run run blocking-wise was better than it has been, you know. Tavian Feaster, Rico Dowdle were running good. And so, you know, I a, they got to clean up the pass blocking. And obviously with Mike Bobo coming in, there's going to be some different things in the power run game that they're going to try to implement. But uh, all in all, I think the future is still bright. I mean, everybody gets sick of hearing about, you know, this, this, this group is young. You know, it's, it's a young group. And I don't think there was a position on the field last year where there was an excuse that they were young. I mean, I know at quarterback you had to start Holinsky, but hey, man, you're in year four. You needed somebody behind Jake Bentley, <laughs> you know, and and Ryan Holinsky was the best choice, even though he was a freshman and was an outstanding quarterback in high school and a quarterback prospect. But you know, you can't blame the season on that. You know, he's got to be ready if that's your guy because you're in year four. But, that, but anyway, that's that's an off-season topic. That's a big-picture topic. Um, I do think on the offensive line, though, when you consider, you know, the guys they lost, when you consider you do have Donnell Stanley back, but you got two new guards, uh, half the season you have a new right tackle that's a true freshman, and then your left tackle is Hutcherson. Like I said, good left tackle, great left guard. You know, th- that group probably was – it was anticipated it would take a little bit of a step back um, in 2019. Uh, But, you know, like I said, developmental position, best days are ahead, a whole lot of athleticism. The nine guys that have come in 2019, 2020 class, all have one thing in common, athleticism. Like I said, don't know that all of them will pan out because most of the time that doesn't happen. But all of them are really good athletes. And so I think there's a – a lot to kind of be excited about uh, when you're talking about this offensive line heading into 2020 and into the future, and especially the way they've recruited. I mean, I think that, you know, like I said, athleticism. If I'm going to get beat, I'm going down with athletes. <laughs> That's kind of my my philosophy on that. and It's, it's unrealistic, I think. Uh, even at Georgia, where they recruited really well and have a bunch of future NFL guys uh, with Sam Pittman, as their offensive line coach. Uh, even at Georgia, you know, there are games where their offensive line, you know, doesn't look good. Uh, the game game with the Gamecocks was an example of that. South Carolina's defensive line, Ken Law and those guys, you know, sort of got the best of them. So um, I, I think that you got to keep that in mind when you're evaluating an offensive line or offensive line coach. Uh, I also think that, you know, we'll see as these guys continue to develop you know, how that athleticism pays off. I, You know, I think that, you know, heading into the spring, obviously left tack- what are you going to do at left tackle? How does that impact left guard? And can you find a center? That's the key, find a center. Um, because obviously Donnell Stanley was rock solid there uh, during his time at Carolina. He's not there anymore. All right, J.C. Sherbert inside the Gamecocks podcast. There's your offensive line. We did DBs earlier, got more to come. National signing day 2020.